Hey, so good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing uh, fabulous on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, things are a little different. Uh, that message I shared with you guys last Sunday, uh, I broke in half live at our place um, because I wanted to go through it slower live. So we're, we're going to actually be talking about the second half of that this Sunday today. And you're going to get uh, a, a fresh new um, message. Uh, we're talking about walking by faith. We're going to stay on topic, but I'm going to take a little different angle uh, today on uh, our topic. Here's where, here's where kind of where we've been uh, about faith. And remember, we're, we're thinking about our own faith and what faith means and what it means to walk by faith. And uh, I'm going to hopefully raise the bar a little today and be able to say, look, if, if we're truly going to walk by faith, then let's Let's, let's raise the bar in our own lives and honor God by walking faithfully by faith, okay? And uh, really strive to honor him in everything that we do and all that we are. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we walk by faith and not by sight. And so, you know, we're, 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 we're letting that sink in. It's not about things we see in this world that we're going to judge our actions by or, or uh, make our decisions by or... Um, uh, you know, those are not the investments that are forever. Those are short-term things. We want to walk by faith and uh, invest in eternal things, not the things of the world. Uh, then James said, without faith, uh, without or faith without deeds is dead. It's that boat's dead in the water, right? Um, and so that's what faith without any actions or without any evidence uh, in our life, it, it's dead. It's not real faith. It's fake faith. It's it's just talk. It's just a bunch of hot air to say you believe, to say you're a believer, to say you you know you love the Lord, and then not serve the King. Uh, it's just a bunch of hot air. And uh, James is pretty strong on that. Last time, uh, Paul Paul has been saying to us in Galatians two twenty, my life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. So Paul says, in the flesh, I'm in this flesh, I'm in this body for now, until Jesus comes and takes me out of here, or I check out of this place. But while I'm in this flesh, I am not living by the flesh. I am going to live by faith in the Son of God. And so today, um, I'm going to take a little different approach, a little different angle at this thing. And what I want to explore is uh, two kinds of faith that people uh, live by, you know, that people who claim to follow Jesus live according to. Okay, because like anything, there are degrees to people's dedication. Uh, you know, we play sports. You know the difference between somebody who's all in, you know, they, they, they not just wear the garb, they talk the lingo, they study the books, they work hard, they train every minute of their life, and they're in, and they're in. And then there's other people who are just in, you know, they play the game, but they're not that into it. Well, the same is true about our faith. There are, there are those who are fully faithful in everything that they are and who they are see themselves as in Christ. And then there's others who just play the game. They just, the, the, the bare minimal, they, they believe in God, they claim to be a follower, but they're not in it all the way. They're, they're just in it enough to kind of squeak by. 
And that's what I want to talk about today. The, the difference between those kinds of faith. To walk by faith or not. All right? To, to truly walk by faith where the evidence is clear. You're, you are, you are dedicated, you are devoted, you are all in with God and there's no doubt about it. And, and, and those who are not, those who talk the talk, they, they maybe show up at church occasionally, they put uh, a little money in the offering plate, but it's like bare minimal uh, commitment to, to Christ and to his kingdom and to the work of Jesus. And so the first person walks uh, by faith and the second person claims to walk by faith. And then what I want to do is note the differences, and, and that's what we're going to do today. So I, I hope that's cool. I hope uh, today we're going to um, just challenge us. Really, just what I want to do is just kind of be a cheerleader and just like us. This is like a motivational speech. This is like a motivational sermon. This hopefully is going to like get us to check ourselves before, you know, before we wreck ourselves. But it's also going to just like lift us to wanting to live more faithful to Christ. I hope that's what happens as a result of this message. So when it comes to those who walk by faith well, there are many uh, scriptures of faith-filled followers of God. I mean, we can read about them in the scripture, right? Hebrews chapter 11, that famous passage of scripture about the heroes of old, gives a great hall of, of fame, the hall of fame of Bible heroes uh, and a review of, of their life, like a quick review of why they were faithful. Guys like Enoch and Noah and Moses and Joshua and Abraham and Jacob, Stephen and John and the prophets and the apostles and so many others. And here's the thing, though. These people were not perfect. So we're not saying they were perfect people because there are no such thing. There was only one and we know what they did to him. But, but people, followers, even the most faithful followers blew it from time to time. They were not perfect. They did not have their act completely together 100% of the time. Sometimes they showed great faith and trust in God. And in other moments, they showed moments of like human weakness where they just didn't seem to get it at all. But like Job, most of these like Job, they believed without any doubt that their Redeemer lived and that in the end, he would stand on the earth, just like Job, who we know lost everything, right? But he held onto his faith and many of these heroes of old did the same. And so they trusted in what God said. They didn't use human weakness. And that's what we see in a lot of uh, believers these days. I'm weak, I'm human, I'm just human. And so we use it as an excuse or in a license to justify sinning or doing what we want or living lives that are contrary to what God wants. These great heroes of faith, who we would consider faithful followers of Christ, they didn't use their humanness as an excuse. Okay, They just trusted God. And they lived their lives for God every moment. Consider God's servant, Abraham. You guys remember Abraham. Abraham was probably one of the greatest men of faith to ever walk the, prom, uh, the, the, the planet. And the, the, the promises of God to Abraham were incredible. Just incredible what God had 
made a covenant and promises to Abraham that, that he would be the father of many, many nations, right? Like I've got four kids, eight grandkids, that's a lot. Abraham would be the father of like many, many, many nations. Children more numerous than the stars in the sky, more numerous than sand on the seashore. A covenant of blessing was made to Abraham. The promised land that he would one day take over or his descendants, his na the nations of his children would take over that promised land. And, and Abraham who on, on the mountaintop, on the mountaintop of his uh, faithfulness, I'm sorry, uh, here, Abraham, who on the mountaintop showed his uh, faithfulness to God. When, when he took his only son Isaac, right, his only child, his only son Isaac, he took him up on that mountain and he was willing to obey God and, uh, and sacrifice his son and offer him up to God, back to God. He was, Abraham was willing to put his own son on the altar and obey God in sacrificing him back to God, complete trust, complete faith, and complete confidence. And there is no doubt in the midst of this that Abraham had to be thinking in his own heart, this can't be right. I, I am, there's no doubt in my mind, every ounce of flesh and his own mind and his own, his own, uh, Thoughts had to be screaming, this cannot be right. I am missing something. This does not make sense that God would want me to sacrifice my own son who the blessings of the nations would come through on an altar and give him back to God in that way. It just, it just couldn't make sense to him. And so let me say a word about babies for a minute while we're thinking about a baby. I know he's a little older here, but our babies, our babies. Like if you have children, if you have a newborn, that's awesome. You got babies, maybe you got grandbabies, you know, how, how sweet, how precious, how wonderful are our babies, right? And it would be hard to let them go, right? If anything were to happen, it would be very hard for us to let them go. If you know anybody who has lost a child, especially a young child, how, how, how painful, how devastating, how crushing that is for people. But look, when you're a believer, your mindset should be in a different place. See, this is, this is the difference between the faithful and the faithless. The faithful understand these truths about children, about our children. We understand that our children are a blessing from God. They are a gift from God and that they belong to God. And he has just given them to us for a time. Maybe a lifelong time, maybe a shorter time. But he's given them to us as a blessing and a gift. And every day that we have with them is a blessing and a gift of God's. And if for some reason God wants to take his child back, that's totally up to him. See, the faithful understand this before anything even happens. They are, they are so aware 
that if something were to happen, it wouldn't, it would not crush them like it would the faithless. Because the faithful understand that these children belong to him. And so we must set our mind on praising God in the blessings of our children, but also in the storm. We will praise him in the storm. That's what the faithful do. The faithless fall apart. They fall apart. Job said it well when he said this. The Lord, give, remember Job lost all his kids, lost all his livestock, lost everything. And then he had a couple friends that were uh, not very helpful and a wife that was not very helpful. But in it all, Job did not sin against God. Job said these words, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, the faithful, they're aware, they're aware. They're aware of God's grace and God's gift and that it all belongs to God. And that what I have is a blessing that I should appreciate in the moment, but that God can do whatever he wants with me, with the children, with whatever, with the world. It's his, it's all his. See, for Abraham, he had to be thinking, how can God promise me all these things, the many nations, the promise, all these things, children, all of this, and then ask me to sacrifice the only son in whom all these things would be fulfilled. It didn't make sense. But Abraham, Abraham was all in with God. He was all in. See, he had already determined that I will worship God no matter what happens, no matter how ugly it gets, no matter how much I don't understand, no matter how I don't, can't make sense of it all, I will trust God. And Abraham believed, and he was called God's friend. Abraham believed God. He just trusted, he followed God, he obeyed God with everything in him, and he was called God's friend. That's what the faithful are called. The faithful are called God's friend. The faithless, not so much. Not so much. Faithful one, because, because of what he did. Not because of what he believed, but because of what he did. You know, I suppose you could say that those who walk by faith well are people of action and obedience and extreme belief, trust, and strength. The faithful, that's what they are. Secondly, when it comes to those who claim to walk by faith, and we know lots of these, right? There's lots of these people that, that crowd our church pews. They come. They love to hang around God. They're in the shadows, right? They like to be in worship. They like the feeling that they get from it, but it's kind of about them. It's about on their terms and on their time, and, and they're not gonna sacrifice a whole lot of their effort or their money or their resources for the cause. They're, 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 they're too busy in their own world. These are the people who claim to walk by faith. And, and I don't know where you are. I, I, I hope we'll all ask ourselves, is this us? I hope we will. But there's a list. You know, you think about the scripture, there's a, there's a list 
of those who were the faithless, that claimed to walk by faith, but didn't do a very good job of it. Among that list would be like Judas and Jonah and uh, Thomas and Rehoboam and Cain, right? Cain, Adam and Eve even, and Aaron and the rich young ruler, remember in the New Testament, walked away sad because he had great wealth and he didn't want to give it up. See, Peter, Peter was on that list for a minute and Saul, who later became Paul, he was on that list as well, but radically moved off of that list. See, as we studied uh, not long ago on Wednesday nights, we studied through the period of the kings and the judges. What we learned was that most of the kings and the judges were horrible leaders, ungodly, unfruitful, and unfaithful. They allowed idolatry to continue among God's people. They allowed the religions of the, the culture to infiltrate the Israelite nation, right? And they began to worship other gods and false idols and the things around them. Things made by human hand, not God. And instead of these kings and judges weeding out and eliminating them from the ranks, they allowed them to exist. But there's no doubt that the biggest loser, the biggest loser when it comes to failure to keep the faith is Lucifer. Remember Lucifer? Remember that angel, that archangel of gods, Lucifer? We read about him in the scripture. What great power and authority that he had in heaven with God, right? Who then later fell from heaven because of his disobedience. He and thousands of angels were, 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 were cast out of heaven into uh, the creation. And, and, and they knew God. But they didn't want to honor God. They were, they, were, they were the faithful that claimed to be faithful, but they didn't really want to line up with the things of God. Instead, they wanted to do it their way. Lucifer wanted it his way. And this is the greatest mark of the unfaithful. Here's a great mark of the unfaithful. They believe in God. They just don't bear fruit. They don't bear fruit and they're not going to bear fruit because they believe in God, but they're going to do life their way. They're going to do their world. They're going to do their little kingdom. They are wrapped up, tied up, and they're blinded into just doing the things that they want. It's not about God. They, they have this overarching understanding that there is a God of the universe, but they have not submitted to God. They may have even at some point given their life to Jesus, but they're not living for God. They believe, but there's no fruit. There is no evidence to support the faith that they claim to have. And if there is evidence, it's really, really weak. And every one of us have to judge for ourselves, ourselves. Where am I in my walk of faith with God? Like, am I growing into a stronger, more committed, more devoted walk of faith with God than the, every day that I'm on this planet? Or am I just sliding away? Am I just saying one thing and doing another? 
The book of Proverbs is full of scripture about how God protects the faithful and the obedient, but that his face, his face is against the unfaithful and the rebellious. And according to Revelations chapter uh, 21, verses 7 through 8, the end is not pretty for those who are unfaithful. Check what it says. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, right? The things of God. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. That's the promise for the faithful. And you and I know, God knows the difference. We're not going to slide in like God made a mistake and we got put on the wrong list somehow. Or that God doesn't see our life. We're not going to sneak by God. He knows the faithful and the promises are true and sure for them. Verse 8, but, but the cowardly and the unbelieving and the vile and the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The second death, not the first death of the flesh, but the second death of the spirit. This is not a pretty ending for those who are faithless. And the time to, to check ourselves before we get wrecked is right now. Is to get our life lined out with God now. And there's something to note here. When we think about the Bible characters, every Bible person blew it at some time. We already stated that they weren't perfect. Some of them were worse than others. Not all of them made their way back to God. Some are lost forever in this way. Those who came back to God found grace. They found mercy and forgiveness, and God was then able to use them in big ways, in mighty ways, and accomplish great things. And we can learn from their wayward ways. We do not have to repeat what they did wrong. How foolish of us to see what they did wrong and then repeat it as if we've learned nothing. Hopefully, we can learn from their ways and make the adjustments in our own lives so we don't repeat their ways. And so the question is, what's the difference? What's the big difference between the faithful and those who claim faith? All say they believe, but is there a difference? And what's the difference between the faithful and those who talk about faith? Between those who did and do, and those who didn't do and still don't. Other than the obvious. I mean, there's some obvious things, but I want to share with you just a couple of things that should cause us to think about our own faith and to think about our own personal walk with Jesus. And here we go. Number one, the first thing is this. The first, three different, three different things. The first one is this. When it comes to the faithful, they display trust in what cannot be seen. Okay, that's what they do. They, they display a trust in the things that cannot be seen. See, the faithless, what they do is they lose it when things happen to them. When things get tough or when they face adversity, they are unprepared. They have not 
thought about it. They haven't thought things through. They don't realize that it all belongs to God. And so they're hanging on to it. And when they lose it or they lose control of it, they lose it themselves. Because they're not focused on what cannot be seen. They're focused on what they're holding in their hands. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things that we do not see. That's what faith is. Let me read it again. The assurance. I am set and assured of the things that I hope for. They haven't even happened yet. They're things that are unseen. And the conviction of things that we do not see. The things that are unseen. Simply stated, those who walk in faith didn't need it all spelled out for them. See, when you're walking in faith, you do not need it all spelled out for you. When the future is uncertain, when the future is scary, and when the future is unclear, they boldly walked with God in what was right and what was good and what was faithful. Here's the, here's the key. They held to the things that they did know about God until God cleared a path into a whole new direction. They lived according to what they did know and they allowed God to show them the way that is unseen, the way that is uncertain, the things in our world and our life that we don't know how they're going to unfold. They were obedient to the things they did know. That's what they did. Hebrews said they didn't even receive the things that were promised. Like they were told about the things that were promised, but they never received them. They only saw them and they welcomed them from a distance. They talked about Jesus coming, but they didn't get to see Jesus coming. They talked about the prophets and, and what God was going to do in the future, but they never got to live it and see it and experience it. They admitted these faithful believers and heroes of old, they admitted that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. They knew their place. They knew that this was not their home. They did not put stock or faith or trust or hold on to the things of this world because they knew they were looking forward to a better home, a greater place, a place in heaven. They were living for their eternal glory, a glory they could not see, but a glory that they fully embraced. They were living and serving the God of all creation whom they could not see, but clearly could see the work of his hand all around them and all through them. And because they obeyed God and the things that they knew to be true about God, they could then follow the promptings of his spirit in their hearts. If you're not obedient to the things that are black and white and clear, when it comes to how we live our lives for God every day in a very general, godly way, if we're not obeying those simple truths, we should not expect to understand and hear God in the things that are specific for us. You want to know what God has for you specifically? Then you best be obeying God in the things that are clear. That's what they did. And because they did that, they understood what God was doing. And they could hear God clearer. These men and women of faith 
left a wake of evidence in their path that they were believers in God. If all you do is play it safe with what you understand and with what you see, if that's all you do, then you're not walking by faith, you're walking by sight, and that's walking by self, and that is influenced completely by the things and the people around you. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. Proverbs chapter three says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. In all of your ways, you acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on what you think. Lean on what he says and what he thinks. The big difference between the faithful and the faithless is the faith lived by what is to come, the faithful lived by what is to come, not in what is or what was. They live by what is to come. Their passion is for the things of God moving forward. They have forsaken all else and they walk in the vision and leading of the spirit of God that is alive in them, not in what is seen, but in what is unseen, the faithful, the faithful, the faithful. They are free to move around the kingdom. They are free because all of their hope and all of their trust is in God and whatever happens is small because the one in whom they trust is so very big and they refuse they refuse to be tied down to the traditions of men to religious things or Christian artifacts they refuse they aren't living by them. secondly secondly when it comes to things that are different between the faithful and the faithless, the faithful, they are ever conscious of God's grace. They understand that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. Nothing in and of ourselves, nothing in and of themselves. We are saved completely by God. And so they realize that they are living on gifted time and gifted grace. We are living on God's time. We are living on God's gift. We are living on God's grace, no longer our own. That our lives, our hopes, and our futures is a gift from God and not of ourselves. This grace is not to be hoarded, but it is God's to be used completely for God. They understand this. Like David, remember King David, they have come to grips with the sin that separates them from God. And the sacrifice of Jesus that brings us back to God. In Psalm chapter 51, Listen to what David said when he, when he knew that he had sinned against God with Uriah's wife. Remember he had Uriah killed and he took Bathsheba to be his own. Such an evil thing David did. David did a lot of great things, but David blew it sometimes. But David understood that his sin was right here before him. Listen to his words when he says in uh, Psalm 51, 1 to 4, he says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Mine, personally, they're mine. I know it. He says, verse 2, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
For I know, David says, I know that my transgressions and my sins are always before me. And against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, God. So that you are right in your verdict and you are justified when you judge. David is saying, I am guilty as sin. I know this. I deserve death. I do not deserve God's grace. My sin, my iniquity, my evil is right here before me all the time. And he lived conscious of this. There is this constant awareness of my condition among the faithful. And this is an empowering truth. You would think that it would crush me and get me down and make me feel like nothing, but what it does is it causes me then to rely only on the power and the grace that is from above. And that any attempt to rely on me or the things that I see is futile. It will get me nowhere. David understood his lostness outside of God. David had a deep appreciation for the mercy that God had for him. That constant awareness, complete desperation allows the faithful to live then uninhibited, to live wide open, to step out into the unknown because God will catch me. He always has and he always will. And even like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, even if he chooses not to rescue us, we will choose to worship him and him alone. See, there's a faithfulness there that goes way beyond the churchgoer. There is a faithfulness in knowing that God is our only hope. He is our only breath. He is every heartbeat to me. That apart from him, it doesn't matter. We're doomed. And that only in holding on to him, even if the world destroys me and crushes me and kills me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm holding on to the one who holds the keys to eternal life and death. That's, there's an awareness that, that, that in faith and in obedience, when we're walking close to Jesus, nothing, nothing can separate me from his love. Conscious that as a human being, I am lost. Paul said, I am wretched. David said, I am unclean. Isaiah said, I am ruined. We are wandering sheep. We are corrupt and rebellious. We are guilty, naked, and ashamed. And apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. And no man will ever come to the Father except going through Christ. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. See, the faithful, the faithful never forget the gift of salvation, that undeserved grace that God has extended to you and me. The faithful understand that they are living on house money. We are living on God's grace. We are dead to ourselves. We have crucified ourselves. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And greater is the one who is living in me than the one who is living in the world. Wow, that, it's a powerful thing. Be, the difference between the faithful and the faithless. And the third thing, though, that I want to share with you is this. This is the last one. Three things 
that are different between the faithful and the faithless. The faithful, they boldly lead the way in faith and in deed. That's what they do. They boldly lead the way. They're not afraid. They're not afraid to stand up and be counted. They're not afraid to speak up. Peter said in uh, 1 Peter 3, 15, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Like, like let him be the, the king of your throne. He is the king of your life. He is author. He is perfecter. He is Lord. He is savior. He is rule. He is everything. He is set apart on my throne. I am now off my throne. He is now on my throne. And I have set him apart as Lord of everything in me and everything around me and everything I do. And I'm always, Peter said, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Always be ready to share who's on the throne of your life and why. That's how you live. Always ready to share Jesus with the world. The king of your heart, the one who can save you from hell. And the one who has the salvation and the answer to mankind's issues and problems. Especially our greatest problem of sin. See, the faithless, what they have done is they have set themselves apart from Christ. They have separated life. They have compartmentalized life in categories, right? Work, I have family, I have play, I have faith, I have church, I have me time, you time, whatever. We, they segregated it all. They have bought into the lie of the evil one. And their life is now corrupt. The faithful have set apart Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. He is everything to them. He is ruler of every area of their life. There is no separation. There is no segregation. There is no compartmentalizing with God in your life. He is everything to you. The faithful. He is everything to them. Ruler of every area. See, the godly, the faithful, they refuse to surrender to the corrupt ways of the world and the vacuum that the world is trying to suck everybody into. The lies of the evil one trying to suck people away. That slow boiling pot that seems so cozy and warm, but is being heated up. See, the faithful, they see it. They recognize it and they stand clear of it. See, the, the faithful, they have read Romans chapter 1 that says this. Listen to Romans chapter 1. Furthermore, he's talking about how the ungodly live. He says, just as they think, they, they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God, he gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness every greed and depravity. They are full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil, Paul says. Does that not sound like the world we live in today? They invent ways to do evil. They disobey their parents they have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these various things, they also approve of those who practice them. Wow. Does that not describe some of the leadership in this country right now? They have devised ways, ways to justify their sin. 
They wear the t-shirt. They talk about their religion, but they engage in sinful ways. That's the difference between the faithful and the faithless. Bold faith, bold faith is unafraid to stand up, to stand out, to stand tall, and to stand until the end. That's what bold faith will do. And this is our camp theme for this summer. Take a stand. Let nothing move you because you are standing on the rock of God. And this is what we're going to be sharing with our teenagers and our kids this summer at camp because we live in a world that is falling for everything. Bravery and courage gave those faithful people of the scripture. The heroes of faith gave them the guts to go for it, to go for it. Like Moses, who marched right into Pharaoh's palace and said, let my people go. And he kept coming back time after time until it was accomplished. And like Daniel, who said to the king, you can build all the statues you want. And even if all of the people in your kingdom fall down and worship your, your idols, we will not. I will not. Like Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers, their hate and the rejection could stand before them one day later and say to them, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. What a view, what an outlook, what a faithfulness. Like Esther, who went before the king knowing that she could die for very going to his, into his very presence, asked for mercy for her people, and she boldly risked it all for the kingdom of God and God's people. Like Peter and John, who when threatened to stop preaching about Jesus, said, what is right in God's sight, to listen to you or to listen to him? You judge, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. You can't make us stop. You're going to have to kill us. These men and women of faith were rock solid. They were rock stars. Nobody was going to deter them. Nobody was going to sway them. Nobody was going to silence them. Punishment did not scare them. Rejection did not turn them aside. And death could not keep them down. The faithful are fearless, sacrificial, suffering servants of God. That's what they are. Fully committed, 100% who burn with a passion for the ways of God and desire to see God do great things and amazing things in them and all around them. That's what they want. The greatest leaders in all the world, God led the way, faith motivated their desires, and the mission at hand was their driving force. Not fear, not popular opinion, not personal agenda or personal understanding, not feelings, not the squeaky wheel, not money, not culture, no system, no person, nothing in the past, present, or future. Great people of God are driven by faith and by the mission of Jesus. Not the cries of the people and not the cries of the past. God and only God. His way, his truth, his will, his word. If Moses would have listened to the people, they would have gone back into Egypt and died there as slaves. 
If Joshua and Caleb would have sided with the faithless, they would have never led the next generation into the promised land. And if Jonah would have walked by faith the first time, he wouldn't smell like a nasty guts of a big fish. Jonah, in this world that we live, in this world that we work and play and worship, the ball is in your court. The ball is in each and every one of our courts. It's our choice. It's your choice. Faithful or faithless. And the cool thing about it is God lets us choose. He lets you choose for now. He lets us have our choice, our free will. You want to choose him? Choose him. You don't, you don't have to. But there will come a day of reckoning. There will come a day where you will stand before God. We will all stand before the Lord. And we will all give an account for our life on this earth. Did we honor the one who made all things and gave us life and breath? Or did we do it our way? And now we have to answer for not honoring him. You get to choose. We get to choose. The faithful, they believe without any hesitation or wavering <clears throat> that God is the God of the impossible. That he can do whatever he wants with whoever he wants, whenever he wants. That he will equip the unequipped for the mission. That he oftentimes called the un he calls the unqualified people like you and me to do great things. That God is the one who strengthens me. That we are to be watchful. We are to stand firm in the faith and we are to act like men. That we have no reason to be puffed up with self or pride because we understand and we have come to grips with the fact that we are nothing without Jesus. And we're okay with that. God's faithful followers are not ashamed of the gospel because they understand that it is the power of God for salvation. They look to Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of this faith. They look to the world and they are unafraid to go wherever God leads and say what is right and true and speak up and they will not be silenced. They are not intimidated. They are not cowardly. They are not swayed by the flesh. They are determined to die for the cause if need be. And they refuse to give in and they refuse to give up. Hebrews 11 says this. All of these people, these heroes of faith, all of these people were living by faith when they died. They were all living faithful to God until their last breath to the bitter end. What's the difference What's the difference between a life lived by faith and one that's not? What's the difference between a person walking by the Spirit of God and one following the ways of the world? Well, just about everything. Everything. There is no comparison. And it's time for us, it's time for you, and it's time for me to take this faith that we claim in Jesus to the next level, whatever that means for you and whatever that might mean for me. But it's time to take it to another level. And I hope and pray that you will. God bless.